You're listening to Season 5 of Views from the Bridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union. Views from the Bridge is part of the Beautiful Game Network. For soccer writing, content, and other information, check out bgn.fm. Now let's get right to it. Do we want to be a good team, or do we want to be f***ing great? Welcome to, uh, hi everybody, welcome to Views from the Ridge, your second favorite podcast about the Philadelphia Union, and and I would like to point out, this is just a just a random sideswipe for no reason, we have now lasted longer than the TIFA football podcast, so, sucks to suck, guys. Sorry. Uh, hi, um, unnecessarily catty today, I have a blow at your service, thank you for being here, good to be seen. Joined by uh, the abyss that is Justin Ashcraft. Yeah, what's up, man? How's the, how's here. how's I'm the here. darkness treating you? It's it's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and hey, he wouldn't have minded if an old head MLS name scored against us last week, but he at least would have appreciated if it was like Teal Bunbury. That's uh, Chuck Boot. What? It's always Teal Bunbury. Um, or like CJ Sapong. Would that have made it better? No, that would have made it worse. Hold I, on. We'll I, find... don't, I, I don't know, but we'll I mean, uh, CJ Sapong does have a new team now. He does. Antoine Hoppano, maybe? Like if he got... No? Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I, I you know, I just wanted to know. Um... I feel like Chuck. I feel like Chuck's ultimate. Yeah. Can they please score against us as many times as possible so we finally just pick them up with Giazzi Zardo? Mm, is it? I kind of hate that. <laughs> we know. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think this year we finally just moved on from that thing. Okay. Oh, okay. Because Chris Donovan's on the team still. Or... God, I. You don't need to remind me of that. I'm sorry. I'm enough of him over the next week. Hell yeah. Get ready for center midfield crystal. Maybe he'll be more effective there. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <sighs> why? Why? Is, is I think just the lead in question after Philadelphia Union won. Los Angeles Football Club one and you know like if we don't talk about how it happened i think we all feel better so um is, isn't this the statement just again instead of why uh, yeah may, yeah maybe yeah yeah because, I mean, it was perfect, right? You know, you set it up great. Giles Dog wins a penalty. He converts the penalty against John McCarthy. So you're like, see, he can actually score those when he doesn't trip. And then and then you're like, oh, there's going to be, you know, 10 minutes left in the game or whatever. Because it was like the 80, 84th or 80. And then, and then, nope, nope, can't can't have nice things headed into a second leg in, in the Champions League. We got we to gotta have CONCACAF surprises now. Yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. I want to start about the positive. I mean, sure. I feel like it's worth it starting out from the positive of this game. I mean, the Union looked better. Uh, maybe the best they have all season long uh, for 
most of this game yeah. and maybe even including the last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, I don't really understand why we're giving up goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. All of a sudden, it d- doesn't really make sense. But other than that, I mean, I think the Union looks as best as they have since the beginning of the season. So I'm not overly complaining. I still think we have a great chance to go through. Uh, I don't think it's going to be another 1-1 draw <laughs> uh, in L.A. So I think we've got to figure out how to score. Uh, but I think the reality, I mean, the reality for me in this game was the Union finally looked, not that they didn't do it against Toronto, but sure. I think against Toronto you can kind of go, eh, it's Toronto. Um and most teams, most teams are going to look halfway decent against Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but this team like looked like the union that I, I expect to see. I mean, it was just fun. It was a fun game to watch. They, you know, they looked good. They were playing well. They were connecting well in the field. It looked like they figured out some of their communication stuff. Kai Wagner looked healthy for most of the game. This was a, I don't want to say vintage because vintage was last year, but this looks very much like a last year's union performance. You also have the good news that if it's another draw, assuming that it's at least a one, one or a two, two draw, you either go to extra time or, um, yeah. Escape with the win because away goals still matter. Yeah, you gotta figure out how to you gotta figure out how to score. I mean, yeah, that's still that's still the issue. You're not we didn't score from the that... play, but not that Ure and and Carranza. I think uh, was that Carranza slammed it off the post, and if you had, and then it got called off sides. I think, and if it had gone in, it probably was a goal. I mean, it's there was multiple chances in this game that weren't. There were good chances. Uh, they just didn't get converted. So, but I thought that between the two of them, I thought Ure and Carranza like looked good in this game. Like they looked like they were. And then if you throw Gazdag in there, like they look like they were communicating more than they have yes. all season long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's almost why, even despite the lack of goals, like I'm not super concerned about them scoring um because on another day they score a four in that game and that's what makes it frustrating because they did everything right and still go into the second leg with a draw because it's that hard to beat la yes mm-hmm. yeah well like i don't think la is the kind of team thinking about the fixture tomorrow, you know, down there. Like, I don't think they're the kind of team that's going to park the bus either. Like, they're not going to play conservatively, or at least eh, or at least they're not going to look as conservative as, like, Bruce Arena's conservative looks, I guess, for comparison's sake. Like, they're not going to play very Mourinho ball um, and really park the bus. I just think they have too much attacking talent to sort of be able to do that. So they also like, can't afford to do that if they start Aaron Long again. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I was that's what I was gonna say. They have too much attacking talent to do it, but they also don't have enough defensive. <laughs> right, they're stuck. So. They're stuck with being really top heavy and not not having enough defensive presence. Um, so yeah, I don't think the dreaded like nil nil draw or something wonky is gonna be in the cards. You just hope that it's one or two things fall your way, and then Pereira can put in a pretty good shift in, I guess, absence of, unless he's, like, on a plane right now, Monday night. Uh, Jose Martinez? I can fly out Tuesday morning. It's a late game. It's true. What a weird thing to put in the press conference, though. <laughs> I guess the element of surprise, but, like, the frick, like, no, come on. Really? It's gonna work me over like that. Guys in a in a weird, you know, boot thing in Delaware and then it'll be like, nah, he's he's here. I would just be salty. You never know. He I would just be might salty. Just show up. What a troll move too. Like what the what an ultimate like this just just get under the skin of the team right off the bat kind of move is is when you get called predictable in a good way by uh Steve Trundolo and then and then you pull that. I don't I don't know. And also, like, you mentioned Pereira starting. Yeah. Um, what if he doesn't? It's 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 gonna be flock. Like, uh, but flock. but what if it? What if we try? You know it, it, not, I know it. We all but, know it. But what if? What if we try it with with Pereira first though? Like, what if we just try that? You're in a different universe than what we're. I know. All living in the realistic universe that Leon Flock. It's just going to start at the six. And Every game until the team well, also, fails to exist. The, what, we already know what happens when the what if we try something, because what if we try something is Jack Elliott at the six. That's fair. Well, wait, no, but we have another thing we can try. What I'm just saying is what if we try something else, something else? What if yeah. Jesus Bueno plays at the six? I don't, I'm don't. still not too sure who that is. <laughs> I think I've seen him this year, but I'm not too sure. I'm I'm still genuinely not against um, like Leon Fox playing in this game because oh, that situation. Attack. Well, I mean, I just mean that this this situation is again one of the reasons why he's on the team, so he should be expected to fill it and hopefully do a good job slowing down the LA attack. And at least when he's at the six, he's not destroying the attack by needing to go forward because you still get all of the shuttling midfielders around him. Um, but he's still not Jose Martinez and that sucks. Yeah. He's still not Jose Martinez, but you also get by not having Jose Martinez, you also get Jack McGlynn. So I'll take Jack McGlynn and Leon Flack. Rather than Leon Flock and no Jack McGlynn. That's fair, because, I mean, we we were... I feel like if, if Martinez was healthy, we were potentially running into a situation where Leon Flock would still start this game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, as long as the... I feel like as long as the center backs have kind of figured out their whole thing of uh, we're just not going to play the first 15 minutes of the game. right. Uh, once the team kind of settles into the game, I'm not sure it's going to matter who's playing the six. 
because you're going to need to go forward. And, and for that, you need Wagner and McGlynn. So um, I'll take, well, I'll take both does it, So does it matter what the center backs are doing if you get whatever that performance was, again, from Olivier and Baiza? No, it does not. Not really. Because I have never, I've never seen him so dialed in defensively. When he's when he's turned on, he's literally one of the best right backs in the league. When he's turned off, he's one of the worst. And there's like there's just no in between. And they haven't been able to unlock the consistency part of that. Where I think right. if you even aim for, you're a very good defender all the time. Like you don't have to yeah. be like you don't have to be the best defender in the world or in this league. That's fine. But what if you just got to be a very good one? all the time instead of the hot and cold you're either you know uh, arguably one of the first days on the team sheet for your national team or like arguably the last eligible player in the player pool for your national team um <laughs> and yeah I, so yeah i mean imbiza has been been crushing it um It'll just kind of depend on, I, I don't know, if Martinez comes out to some kind of WWE-esque entrance music and magically plays full 90, in a boot even, probably, I guess. But, like, I don't think it's going to happen. So then it's all based on, yeah, Pyro the whole night. And then it's all based on um, what you need from your midfield. And I, like, okay, yeah, Flock and McGuinn works well. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say the key the key to tomorrow is, um, I I think in a lot of ways the key tomorrow is Gazdog, and I feel yep. like Gazdog for a large he he was better. I mean, well, the front three were better working together. Gazdog for some reason just wasn't himself on Tuesday night. I didn't think. Um. I, and I remember texting. I was like, "I did I text this in the?" Yeah, you definitely at one point yeah. said that and he I, was having a he was the weakest link out of out of all three I of think, them, or maybe the team. Yeah, I think the, between the three of them for sure. I think he just he seemed off, and it just is like passing decisions weren't always clean, and he was trying to force some stuff through some openings that weren't open, and just different things, but he was trying, it felt like he was trying stuff that he hadn't been earlier in the season, which I'm, I'm okay with because he hadn't been really doing anything of that in the beginning of the season. So um, I'm good with him trying stuff. It just, some of it needs to start connecting tomorrow uh, for the union to really have a chance to win the game. But I think like, I just, it's hard for me to like create a whole lot of content around um, or conversation around the, the Tuesday night game because I felt like for for most of the game they were better than they've been all season uh and unfortunately they just couldn't close it out which has been a theme this season so it seems like a problem they need to fix but that's where at least they are trending in the right direction at the right time absolutely because let's say we're taught like even talking about this game not having beaten Toronto. Um, because just like over the past couple of weeks, they have been able to at least show that they are the still still the team 
in some ways that broke attacking records last season when they feel like it. Um, and they and they have had struggles of being dialed in at different points during the season, but that game wasn't one of them. And it's certainly not going to be the case um, going into LA where, if anything, they're going to be even more fired up to want to actually leave with a victory. Eventually, they do need to come together and play a full 90 minutes, but they at least left everything in a place where you can just ask the question, like, why not now? Because everything is aligned for, yeah, like, Kranza to score a goal early, and then they score another one and potentially put the game out of sight. Well, and it's, you know, May May was the month last year where it was, whoa, what, like, just going off. And then I, it's, you obviously, I mean, you have Champions League this year. Um, so it's a little bit tighter fixtures. Then there's the goofy um, Open Cup stuff in, in the early middle of the month. But, like, this was the first week after Toronto, after L.A., where it sort of felt like the union were the union of air quotes old and that they can string that together because it doesn't look like they're doing anything that's an anomaly to what they can do or what they have done. Um, and to Justin's points earlier, like I, there's maybe two teams in MLS that wouldn't roll Toronto and Toronto are one of the two teams I'm thinking of that wouldn't roll Toronto. Um, but, like, making a statement win like that, beating a team like that, even beating a team that has players like that, that convincingly, it's not those guys' fault that the system they have doesn't work for the guys that they have. Um, it's massive. And then, obviously, a not loss in the Champions League is good enough in the first leg for us. We've seen that before. Um, but now it's just you have to do it, you know, in L.A. Um, and signs are pointing to that they will at least come out and play 70, hopefully 80, hopefully 90 minutes of cohesive soccer. And if they do that, there's a, you know, decent enough chance they get a win, which is a very on the fence way of saying, you know, there's a, there's a path to victory here. Yeah, I think there's a path to victory, and I also think like this can be a springboard to a lot of things yes. coming for you know going forward. And I think like your uh, you know your next uh, your your next four games after this one are against teams who are all sort of middling in the table versus or, yeah they're fine or worse yeah. Um, and so you know you have Red Bulls, which have the lowest point total in the league right now you have minnesota which is middling in the western conference you have colorado who has no idea what they're doing and you have dc united who's sort of also middling in the table and so i think like you you have a chance to like if you if you play another good game against la whether you win that game or not if you play you know if you play another decent game against la like i think you can use the momentum of two straight against la that were decent games and and start putting those performances against teams who are not LA and uh hopefully then by the time you go to New England at the end of the month or play New England at the end of the month like you you are in a much better spot than you were um 
than you are currently. Well, um, <laughs> poor one out for Colorado. I do kind of feel bad because Jack Price's injury nonsense is never their fault, but it seems like every year it's like, yeah, he broke his femur and is out for the next nine months. Sorry. Like, that's the key to your midfield just gone again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a very... They've had plenty of opportunities to bring in more keys to their midfield and then they just decide not to. So... Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Very strange. Um, not that it's, like, I'm not like, oh, no, like, well, I mean, obviously, I'd rather not be that injured, but, like, it's fine. I'm not losing sleep over Colorado Rabbit's uh, bad transfer policy. But um, it's the a very... Worst, the only worst team that you could play at this point, or the only, like, I guess better for the Union team you could play at this point in time is Sporting, but I don't, you know. Yeah. I think you're pretty lucky with playing both the Red Bulls and Colorado over the next... Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Red Bull don't know what they're doing. DC United look like they have Christian Benteke, and then yeah, um, and if they can figure out that maybe just getting long balls up to Benteke is a really good idea, then they'll be better. Um, but that's I, I don't know. Super Route One doesn't seem to necessarily want to work anymore um, in MLS, so who knows. Well, especially when you got guys like Jack Elliott, Jacob Glesson. Right. Well, that's yeah, that's the other thing too. Route like one Philly, does not work. <laughs> Philly has very physical center backs, and obviously Benteke is a whole different caliber of, of forward, and he is uh, one of the best hold-up forwards that the league has currently. I don't want to go too far here. Um. But yeah, like you can muscle that guy off technically, or your center backs are technical enough that they can deal with it. And then um, Red Bull are not who we thought they were, unfortunately, anymore. So yeah, I mean, it's a very doable month. You just don't want to undo a little bit of momentum that you have here with a really bad showing against LAFC. Yeah. And fortunately, I mean, in some ways, trophies are nice. In some ways, some of these games don't matter. I mean, the game against Minnesota, like, yeah. you know, losing to Orlando in the Open Cup last year didn't seem to hurt the Union all that much going forward. So I think, like, you don't – you're going to be able to get to this place where you're not super caught up in a couple of the games. Uh, but then make your MLS games count. But again, as we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, like, MLS games don't matter. So – Maybe it is concentrate on the cup games. Yeah, and I mean I that know. that's what's that's what's still funny about this whole thing, because it's just like, yeah. Um really this game is what's gonna help define their season, not most of what they do after it. And as long as the team goes into it with that mentality without going over the top, then I don't see how it's a bad result because i mean the only bad result that you can get in this game is losing awfully to them yeah yeah i mean i don't want to go as far as to say mls games don't matter but 
I I don't think the whole like be really good at home and then steal a couple wins away thing is as relevant as it used to be. Um, obviously, you still want to play really well at home, but I think draws anymore on the road, given how many teams get into the playoffs and and depending on when you get all your points, kind of like you can sacrifice May if you're really hot in july august like there's uh, the the timing of everything especially if you're in a big competition like champions league yeah i mean it'd be different if the league did something to make supporter shield worth it yeah yeah but they don't you would think i mean and you would think that this team I don't, I don't want to see they go out and get a big piece, but you would think they would go out and get a piece at some point this summer. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think Curtin. I, I, I'm not sure that there's any way that that Jim can be looking at this team, or, or maybe more specifically, Ernst Stanner can be looking at this team and going, yes, Chris Donovan and yeah. the combination of yeah. Joaquin Torres and Quinn Sullivan and whoever else you want to throw in there is the answer striker behind Ure and Carranza. So I, I do think that there's a chance that this, this team goes out and gets a piece or two, uh, you know, and probably loses, may even lose a piece or two at the, you know, in the summer window. But, um, you know, I, I don't see the team sitting still and, and being content with what's yeah. happening currently. Especially since they have to be not only sitting on a pile of money, but I also wonder, too, because there are were add-ons in um, Mark McKenzie's deal. If uh, yeah. potentially winning the league, because he is potentially going to do that this year, yep. it's even more money. Score again. I'm pretty sure there were incentives in uh, Pax's deal, too. And not that he's hitting a ton, not that he's hitting a ton of those, but getting consistent minutes in Bundesliga can't be bad for that deal either. Uh, yeah, if there's any if there's any minute based goals in there, I'm sure he's hit them because he's probably got a, a thousand minutes for them this year. No, without looking it up, but I don't know he's got a thousand. But I mean, he's been pretty consistent for them at least. He's been um, the first sub off the bench, but that's not going to get you to a thousand minutes. I mean, fair. Um, and yeah, and I mean, this is like, and we say this every year, but it's like a proven veteran MLS goal scorer, preferably in like a weird hockey kind of trade. Because I don't think you see it a whole lot in MLS, but you do in other sports where it's one of those things where it's a guy who has a proven net worth, but the team that he's on is not going anywhere and he wants to play for something. Um, so you just said bring back CJ Sapov. Christian Benteke. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I don't, well, yeah, I don't want, why did, uh, well, money's a hell of a drug, I guess, but um, <laughs> I was like, wait, why did CJ, that just, dis, that just disproved my whole point. Thanks. Okay, Loba, ladies and gentlemen, coming. <laughs> no, I mean, those, those guys are important, though. Yes. And that's yeah. the and that's the thing about the team not replacing Corey Burke because they had one of those guys. Like you know when he gets <laughs> yeah. on the pitch, you might be frustrated, but 
more often than not, you're going to get a goal out of them. You don't have that with anyone behind this front three right now. Well, you have the get frustrated part, but for a different reason. <laughs> they go, oh, it's Chris Donovan. Then you go, all right, well, let's be traffic. Yeah, Let, let's see if this thing that didn't work the last five times works the six. Oh, it didn't? Oh, no. Would it be worth Chris it? Donovan won't be playing. Chris Donovan won't be playing in this game. Would it be worth it to try to use one of the other Union 2 guys? I mean, it technically, would. Nelson Pierre is signed to a first-team deal, so... Right! So, like, I don't know. Is it that worse? Could it possibly be that worse, given that, like, the job description is, like, get shots on target, and that's the only thing Chris Donovan, like, can't do? No, which is why I still don't really know why they're, you know, not doing it here. Yeah, yeah. But okay, um, we're on the same page. Yeah, it's it it's it's definitely a weird situation with, like, the road from U two to the union right now, because like a lot of these guys seem close to ready, and I know we only see like part of that whole deal. Oh yeah, but they're not getting the chances that you would expect them to get for a team that does utilize youth. Well, and that's that's where well, I think the Corey Burke thing kind of breaks out a little bit as far as the comparison goes, is because by the time he was sort of like too good for your farm team and like on the cusp of being a first team guy. He was, like, kind of getting call-ups to Jamaica's national team. He was, like, in his mid to late 20s-ish. I, I have no concept of time when it comes to Corey Burke and when he started playing for the Union. Um, I'll assume it was, like, 2019. So he's he's in, like, his, his mid to late 20s. Like, you, you don't have that style of guy. And it was weird because he felt like a homegrown because he'd been with the club forever. But it's not the same thing as a Donovan or a Pierre or whoever else you have because, like, they're kids, basically. Well, I mean, he's literally a reverse homegrown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, basically. But it's like it's it's not the same situation because he was already 26, like a developed goal scorer, basically, playing against professionals, different discussion. Um, and, and it, it it wasn't you know a super fish out of water for him to play bad Cincinnati team midweek or whatever. Um, with Donovan and stuff, it's just like I like I don't know like and and I feel like I get tired of being like, well, he does everything right except for shooting the ball because like just get it out of your feet like and. and a part of me thinks it's a weird stage fright thing where he feels like if he takes a wrong shot, he's just never going to get minutes again or whatever. But, like, just hit it. Like, see what happens. I think that's part of what made Sullivan and McGuinn so exciting last year because it was just do something and see what happens. Like, the fuck around, find out kind of mentality worked occasionally. And, like, that was really fun because then you get Quinn Sullivan bicycle kick goal and, like, stuff like that. Whereas it feels like Donovan is either handcuffing himself or feels like the, the feedback he's getting is 
preventing him from trying things. And maybe that's it. But I but I'm ready to see someone else try to fill that role. Please. Well, they're all the kids are gonna go on a fun trip to Minnesota and whoever survives will have a chance with the first team. <laughs> Is that what's on the line there for the open cup? Probably you can't send Probably. really like <laughs> who like who who can you realistically like send there and then be like, yeah, we want you to come back on the weekend and play an allegedly meaningful MLS game. Uh, Jesus Bueno. I mean, the thing for me, I what I'm struggling with the bench, like specifically the bench kind of outside of your top 11, 12, maybe 13 players, if you start throwing, I don't know, Harriel in there and some other things, is like none of them seem to fit this system necessarily i think that's like uh, well or they have they're definitely not as good as the player ahead of them in the depth chart <laughs> and so it's hard like you've got joaquin torres who who has been good um could learn to play as a team a little bit more than playing by himself um but he isn't any like he's not providing competition for Gazdog at the moment uh, you got Quinn Sullivan, who like doesn't really have a spot on the Union lineup. I'm not even sure what position he actually plays. Um, Defense, and like it'll be interesting to see like Shut what down. position the next team he's on uses him in. Um, because I'm not sure what position he plays at the moment. Um, for the Union anyway. Um, and then you've got a whole handful of guys who like. I don't, it's like, if Jim would just use him and figure out what he has, then we might know. And, you know, those are guys like Perea and, and, um, you know, Perea, well, I think we know what we have with Matt Real, but like Perea and Bueno and Raffanello, and you've got this whole crew of guys that like, just don't ever get used. And it's like, well, we don't know what we have until we actually use them. So, um, yeah, I forget Raffanello is on this team. In, in years past, it's felt like we've we've had a pretty clear strategy with the bench, or like we've had guys that have come off in or come on in specific situations that like really make sense for them, and that just hasn't been true this year. So I don't I don't know. It's it's a weird it's definitely a weird situation. But that's well, where I hope I, they go make a summer move. That's also where it leaves. Um, the Cincinnati game was like slightly promising that they will at least try different things um, with rolling out the back three and like actually playing the backup midfielders all together. Um, and at some point soon, you would hope that they're going to do it again. But that's just again where you haven't gotten. The like again, just that like you pointed out, the confidence that Jim Curtin really knows what he wants to do with his squad, um, and it's a little weird considering most of the squad's not new, and Jim Curtin's been here forever. 
So, like, if you don't know what to do with the squad now, then you should probably be beating down Ernst Tanner's door to get you a new squad. Yeah, I think yeah. there's an element of, like, some of that comes from losing the championship game, is there's, like, I think there's this, like, innate sort of thing of, like, oh, we lost the championship game, so we need to do something different. And Curtin can't figure out what that different thing is, but I don't know that they needed to do anything different. <laughs> they they ran in, in the championship game, they ran into the best team in the league playing some great soccer while they were also playing some great soccer. And it's like, if you do that again, you know, there's always a chance that LAFC or Seattle or whoever gets beat late in the playoffs. And then you're facing like some middle, you know, middle of the playoffs type team and you can roll them pretty easily. Um, So it's like, it's like you didn't, you didn't really need to adjust. I mean, you need to adjust a little bit because coaches, players are going to start, players and coaches are going to start figuring out how you want to play and then defend against that. So you need to have some adjustments ready in the bank, but like towards the end of the season last year, everybody knew what the union was. It was the same game plan every time. There was no, there was no changes and they were still beating everybody. So um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think there's some thing inside of coaches that like they lose a game like the, like against LAFC. And then they're like, I got to switch something up. I got to change something. It's like, nah, you didn't really need to change anything. Do you think, because <clears throat> I feel like I was, I was trying to figure out how to ask this and not have it be a very like, well, no shit. Do you think there's a little bit of trepidation in the organization? Because you have a bunch of money. Everyone kind of knows what you need wouldn't you just kind of go, all right, let's go out and get insert name of MLS team or, or, or whatever's number one or number two forward. And then like a, a, some kind of Swiss army life midfielder pay whatever the hell that's going to take and just win something. Cause that probably gets you a trophy at that point. If you have very proven MLS guy, you steal from another team, you just kind of go, eh, we're going to overpay, but like, wh- whatever. We've spent, you know, five years not paying anybody anything, so why not? And then you get silverware. But, like, it's kind of antithetical, or, or an antithesis, I don't know what words, to, like, what you've done for so long yeah, to the point absolutely. where, like, that's your absolutely. identity. Are they worried about kind of like messing with the recipe too much there, I guess, is the only like, why wouldn't you do that? I have. I'd hope not when they've basically had record signings year after year now, because like while they've made it clear that yes, you want to give players in the academy a chance, if you're not producing academy players in a certain position which apparently has been forward um you've got to go by them and i don't that's where i'm I'm not sure there's anything i mean i'm sure there were probably guys on the union's radar in january of like oh we could go get this guy but there's always the other side of the story that 
the player doesn't want to leave said team in Europe. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. To, like, they want to finish out the season with said team in Europe. So, you know, it could be something where that's where I think in January, like we've done every year with Gazdog and Dotchkol and I think, was it Montero, a, a mid-year signing? Um, I think it's like all these players we brought in in the summer, they did okay for the fall, you know, and then they kind of turned it on the next year. And uh, Ure would have been another one. Um, I think it's it it wouldn't surprise me if the Union go out and get a piece um, this summer. And then it also wouldn't be surprised me if, yeah, they make a trade or they make a, a move of some sort to end up with, your Swiss army knife MLS veteran midfielder um, or other way around, you know, you could go get your midfielder from Europe and then you end up with said striker who doesn't want to be on a team who's in 12th place and not obviously not going to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, who knows by the summer Chicharito might be available. <laughs> we even want to go there at this point. Jefferson Savarino, maybe? There's names out there. There's names. There's names. And I'm not even saying, like, you know, just go, fuck it, Nashville, how much do you want for Honey Mukhtar? Like, <laughs> like, I'm not going, you know, let's let's go full uh, auto-accept trades nonsense here. But, like, Jeremy and Momosian <laughs> probably would like to play for something come the end of the year and like if San Jose can't do that for him or whatever well that's also like where you want the union to like eventually be more like Seattle like ever would have been perfect for this yes. team yeah but he went across the coast right Oh, so if they do, if they pick up guys from the West that are a little disgruntled and weaponize them on the other side, kind of thing? Chikorita, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Galaxy aren't going anywhere. Yeah. So, uh... About their game against Portland the other week, they were, they were not good. No, <laughs> no, no, they're not. Um, they're not good. No, Jordan Morris, maybe? Um, I don't know. Like, predictions for tomorrow? I guess today, by the time people are listening to this. Um, anybody have anything other than please don't get blown out? 2-2 draw. Yeah, I think they get a 2-2 or 3-2 draw and actually come out with the win. I'll take a 2-1. Like, what's wrong with winning? You know, that'd be cool. Finally. Um, I mean, for 2-1, Andre Blake, I mean, he's probably going to play out of his mind anyway because he is the reason they didn't lose this game. Yes. Um, But he will have to play out of his mind for 2-1. Sure. I mean... Not that he won't, I'm, but he he's taking more goal kicks, so that means he's healthier. Anybody have anything else before we like plug the social or get out of here?
great. Oh. We've already talked about the rabbits. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's good. At the FTV, uh, oh, there it is. At the FTV pod, talk about the rabbits with us. I guess. Well, whatever. Or no, no answers. Okay, bye. That's it for another episode of Season 5 of Views from the Bridge. You can find us all over the internet, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. Did you enjoy the show and want to show your support? There are two ways. You can head to DesignTree at dsgntree.com slash bftb for our latest merch. Or buy Sabir at ko-fi.com slash bftbpod. Thanks for listening and your support. Views from the Bridge is a podcast of the Beautiful Game Network. For Evan Villela, Chuck Booth, and Paul Catrino, I'm Justin Ashcraft, signing off.